0: Are you feeling stuck? Are you searching for
1: purpose and a more fulfilling life? Are you looking for
0: inspiration and encouragement? Then this is the place for you. I'm Brooke Moore. I'm Gretchen Jackson. I'm Kelly Struther. I'm Tharwitt
1: Lovett. We are Shifter. In this podcast, we will address all things mindset. You will hear real stories from real women who have faced their fears crushed their limiting beliefs and have turned their mess into their message by shifting their mindsets and leveling up in business and life
0: hi and welcome to the shifter podcast today we have special guest heidi alexander with us and heidi is massachusetts first director of the Supreme Judicial Court Standing Committee on Lawyer Wellbeing. She was formerly the Deputy Director of Lawyers Concerned for Lawyers and led the Massachusetts Law Office Management Assistance Program. She is the author of Evernote as a Law Practice Tool, past co-chair of ABA Tech Show, and founder of the ABA's Women of Legal Technology Initiative. She's a native Minnesotan, former collegiate ice hockey goaltender for the Amherst College women's ice hockey team, CrossFit coach and power lifter, and also mother of three young girls. Uh, Welcome, Heidi. Thanks for joining us today. And um, I feel like there's like so much more than just your bio. Heidi, I'm so excited that you're here and agreed to join me today. So when we're, you know, thinking of who we want to invite on the show for us, it's, you know, what women inspire us, who is empowering and encourage us and you for sure, for me, have been one of those people um, in the legal profession. So your bio doesn't even do you justice. You're super awesome. Um, all of the things that you've done, you know, for women in the profession and that you continue to do just outside of it. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, I don't know if there's yeah, anything. Yeah, thank you. No, no, thank
1: you. That I, it is an, it's an honor to to be here. And that, that is very nice of you to, to say all those things. Absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate That's it.
0: Um, I guess we'll get started with talking about um, breakthroughs. So one question we like to ask is what is one of the significant breakthroughs that's really played a role in changing a belief or shifting your mindset? Um, Because we are, you know, mindset centric and focused and um, well-being I know is very important to you as well.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, So yeah, I've sort of done a lot of soul searching throughout my my career um, and i think you know i guess just based on conversations with with my peers particularly peers who i sort of grew up in in college with and um are have been on similar similar paths um, it you know it seems to so it sometimes it can take a little while to kind of get where where you are, where you want to be. And I think that's that sometimes can be frustrating. The process can be frustrating. Um, and so my, my process um, started really, I think, mostly post law school is when I really started to think about uh, where, where I wanted to be in my career and in my life in general. Um, and, and that's when I kind of had, you know, I don't think it was one moment where I sort of had this, this epiphany or real shift of a, a mindset. I think it was over, over time. Um, I, you know, I sort of grew up as someone who, uh, is like many attorneys, you know, pretty type A, <laughs> pretty <laughs> ambitious and, um, you know, had had sort of had set goals for myself um, and said, you know, post college, I wanted to be working for a nonprofit. Uh, And, um, and I did that after working about five different jobs, um, and finally found finding a nonprofit that sort of collided with my passions and interests, particularly for um, providing assistance to um, women and particularly underrepresented um, uh, and disadvantaged women, and so through that, I then thought, well, hey, it would be a good idea to go back to law school or some sort of graduate school, so I could do more in the realm of kind of advocacy and policy work. And um, and I loved my law school experience actually. Uh, and once I got past that. I had in my head. All right, I you know I want to make an impact. I want to do. I should be. And if if I'm going to make an impact, I need to do it by um, doing probably litigation, some sort of like policy, you know, impact litigation. Um, and I um, I didn't I I well I I didn't get the the jobs that I really really wanted. Um, I, I had applied for a couple of fellowships and those didn't work out. Um, I did clerk for, for a justice on the New Jersey Supreme Court, which was fantastic, but, um, but then ended up at a, uh, at a small firm that did primarily, um, uh, well, was a more general practice, but uh, my specialty was uh, employment law and litigation. And so I was representing uh, employees who had been discriminated against in the workplace, which you know to me was, great. This is fantastic. This is where I'm passionate. You know, I'm going to represent people who, you know, who have been mistreated and, um, and, you know, and that, that'll be really rewarding. Well, what I realized is that I did, I hated litigation. (laughs) It was not for me. It's just, it's not who I am. It was, it didn't really, um, go to my strengths. And, um, and I found myself sort of pretty miserable and doing that work. And um, it took me a while to really come to the realization that I needed to pivot and do something different. Um, and I did and, uh, and I, you know, I couldn't really couldn't have done that without, you know, support from from my family and, and my partner at the time. I mean, it, you know, to just sort of up and leave a place without anywhere to go, um, that's pretty much what I did. And I found myself in a place where I had sort of some space to explore, um, you know, what, what, what really were my true strengths and weaknesses, and what were my interests and my passions. Uh, and it, you know, gave me the ability to kind of go out and do things that I really liked. And um, and so I think that was really where I um, had, yeah, more of a a mindset. You know, mindset shift. Um, It was more of a okay, this is sort of my my moment. Um, It the next thing I do may not be like the thing I'm going to do forever, (laughs) Um, but um, but that's okay. Um, But I'm now sort of confident in where I am that I, I can, you know, I can kind of take a leap and, and that's okay. Um, and so that was really my, I guess that was, that was sort of my, my moment where things, things changed for me, um, which I think ultimately led me where I am now. So,
0: yeah, I think that's story. Really relatable. <laughs> like I, I mean, my, journey is very similar. Um, You know, it wasn't necessarily one defining moment, but it was dealing with you know, especially for people that aren't in the legal profession, I don't think they necessarily know kind of the dynamics in the legal profession, and it can be very taxing, especially Mm -hmm. if you're going into it, because I very similarly was like, oh, you know, I want to help people, how can I do that, and then you go into this um, career, and there's all these other things that kind of get in the way of you being able to focus on that passion of yours, and yeah, so I think that's very relatable, I think that's relatable to women as well, um, because we do tend to you know go down a path and we think that we have to have something already set out in front of us and to go to the next thing like you can't take a minute to sit with your thoughts or try to figure out what it is you want you've got to have something else lined up so to give yourself that permission um, and space to kind of explore that and figure out what you want uh, I think that that's awesome um, and this probably kind of question is kind of a continuance I guess of the last question but um, we talk all the time about turning our mess into our message. Um, and so could you give us an example or maybe discuss or even elaborate a time in your life when you turned your mess into your message?
1: So in, in, in order for me to sort of figure out where my interests were and, um, and my strengths, I had to kind of test some things out. And so, because I had kind of given myself some space to do that, um, you know, I was able to kind of take some risks and do some things that, you know, I think some people may look at, and sometimes I even look at and go, "Oh, wow, I did that. Okay, <laughs> that's interesting." Um, I it, immediately after I decided, immediately after I my um, I left this firm, I decided. Well, I've I've always really been into the outdoors and um, interested in. Uh, interested in, in sort of not necessarily, I wouldn't say agriculture, but more of like the idea of like growing things and, um, and, and sort of putting in that like hard like labor um, and kind of seeing a finished product. Uh, so I um, actually wrote a whole business plan and took a course on how to um, create a, a small, uh, small organic farm And uh, then I apprenticed at a farm and realized that probably was not for me. Um, I like, again, it was like, one of these things where I really liked the idea of it, but in practice, it just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't the the right thing for me. So I then tried to kind of pair the two together, like, well, maybe I could do something that was related to the law and farming. So in order to... To attempt that, um, what I decided to do was go out and network. And so I, that was a big part of where I found sort of more growth. It was through sort of creating a, a much larger network. And so I started to talk to people in sort of the food and, and agriculture and law space. Um, met all these really interesting people, went to these conferences uh, and, um, and then started to kind of work more locally on um, uh, entrepreneurship and joined a bunch of groups um, of people who were starting their own businesses and just kind of started to create this really broad um, broad network. And, and I think, you know, when you talk about sort of turning your mess into your message, um, this is one of the messages that I typically have for, um, for like mentees that I talk to who are in college or in law school. and I talk to them about the importance of building a community and building your your network. And so you know I, I don't know if that's you know necessarily like a message to myself or a message to, to other people, but um, I, I think it really was through sort of the going out and like, one, having these different experiences, um, but also, you know, really learning from other people, talking to other people, learning about, you know, what they, what they were doing and what they liked and what they didn't like and why it worked for them. Um, That really helped me kind of move into the next phase of, of my life. Um, So that's, yeah. So, and, and again, like, that's what I, that's a lot of what I stress to, to younger people <laughs> is to really utilize their their network. Um, because I also think like just having the support of your network too, like having people who you can go to to say like, you know, I've got this crazy idea, right? <laughs> and what do you think of that? And some people are gonna say, oh, you know, don't don't ever pursue that. And some people might say, hey, that's like, that's a really cool thing. Like I've always been interested in that. so you know, to kind of have those people that you can bounce bounce things off of, I think is helpful too. I think that's
0: really great advice. Um, I think people don't necessarily value what you can get in a community. Um, and also I think as women, or at least this in my experience, me, um, it was like, hey, I can handle it all. I'm supposed to handle it all. I can do it all, you know, I don't, it, it's like a weakness totally. thing if you were. Totally admitting you need to ask somebody or so I struggled with that for a really long time like I got this and then finally I was like I don't have this somebody help me Mm -hmm. um and that's part of you know why how shifter was born and why shifter was born um was because we were looking for those people to bounce ideas off of and we just ended up getting together just we weren't in the same industry we had different backgrounds different stages in life and we got together, you know, cause we were all on this mindset journey, but also, Hey, here is some, here's this idea that I have. What do you think, you know, let me mm-hmm. workshop this or brainstorm this um, or even like I'm having problems at home with my kids. Um, you just bring mm-hmm. whatever to the table without judgment. And I think it's so important to find your people and surround yourself with those people. Um, and it, it really is a game changer. So I think that's fantastic yeah. advice. Um, I mean, do you have anything else? Any other advice that you maybe would give your younger self that you know now?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I love I love what you said about you know no no judgments um, because I think that's um, that that's hard um, and particularly you know when I think about my my current work and. What we're trying to do in some of the the law schools, which is sort of train students to um, not be as hard on themselves um, and to seek out help when they when they need it. Um, but it's really tough when you, especially like you have a profession that really is sort of ingrained in this idea that it's supposed to be a struggle, you know. And um, and and so I think. Um, you know, my hope is that we can kind of start to change that culture. And it, it obviously, change, it, it starts with individuals kind of changing their own mindsets and um, giving themselves sort of more, more flexibility, giving other people more flexibility. Um, you know, it's okay to make mistakes, right? Um, I, you know, I know it took me a long time to realize that it was okay to make mistakes. Um, and kind of being, being kind to myself. Um, I love this. Uh, I probably have it around here somewhere. It used to be behind me. Um, oh, it is behind me. Um, there's a picture up on my wall that you can probably barely see, um, but it's of some uh, flowers. And it was, take, it was a picture that was taken by uh, this uh, justice um, of the New Jersey Supreme Court who I, I worked for right after law school. And what she wrote underneath it was um, something about um, on your life's journey, make sure to um, stop and smell the flowers. And, and that's one of those things that's really resonated with me, um, because I think it's really easy uh, to kind of just go, 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 um, especially like for me, if I, I'm like a really goal oriented person. So if I say, here's what I want to do, I'm not going to stop until I get there. Regardless of you know what may be happening to me, sort of like physically, emotionally, psychologically, right? Um, and I think that's why I give the example of that sort of shift after um, I left this this firm um, because that was sort of my moment where I act finally stopped to smell the flowers. And you know, it it sort of it took a lot for me to actually get to that moment. But I think now at this Point in my life and career, I think I have a little bit more self-awareness, and so I can kind of say, "All right, we'll slow down." Like I don't have to go, 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 and I can prioritize. And if there's things I can't do, I just can't do them, and that's okay. (laughs) Like I'm not going to be letting anyone down. I'm not going to be letting myself down. Um, It's okay, and I and I kind of give myself that that space. So that's sort of that's my. I think that's my advice. I yeah, would be my advice to my younger self is, you know, slow slow down, <laughs> take a breath, right? Well, I love that. Them.
0: Because I think we I mean, I have a similar personality and I think, you know, we get in to the like habit of the end goal and so we we've got to get here and once we get here whatever, you know, is going to happen, but then there's always it's always moving. It's always moving and you've got to there's not an end. You just keep going, but then you realize you've you've missed I mean there were a couple years in there I thought oh my gosh I've missed two years of my kids lives just because I was so yeah. ambitious and busy and doing the things and I, I'm always talking about the disease of busyness because that's really what it is and you just busy yourself and then you give yourself no grace to stop like if you're sitting down you feel guilty because you're not doing something and yeah so, um yeah I think it's super yeah. important I don't know if younger me would listen to that but I do like that about-
1: <laughs> <laughs> well and I think, you know, I think the other thing too, and I'm thinking about this as we're, as we're talking, which is that um, I don't, you know, I don't think, I don't go back and like think negatively about any of these experiences. Like this was all to me, like this was all part of the process, right? And so, um, I, you know, like what you're saying, you know, with your kids. So I had sort of that same feeling Um, I've had it in the last sort of six months is the pandemic um, where now I've been spending so much more time with my kids. I've been going, wow, like I was working way too much before. Like I I was spending way too much time away from them, which I didn't have to, but, um, but now I kind of, I have that understanding and, you know, and I don't, I don't like fault myself or anything like that. It's like, that happened. That's how how it was. And now I can move forward in a different, you know, in a different way. Um, And I can kind of, you know, have that, that awareness. Um, But it, I think it's just, it's like this constant, you know, this constant process. Um, And I think, and that's what I like to tell people too, which is that, you know, it's like, it's never going to be perfect right you can these are things that you're going to kind of figure out along the way I think the most important thing is just that you're you know you're you're listening to yourself right you're listening to yourself um and you're sort of I have a lot of trouble with this too but sort of sitting with your feelings and um and my, my, my psychologist friends, you know, always like to point that out, like, it's okay to have, you know, it's okay to feel like, you know, you're, you're, you're struggling or, you know, that that's okay. Um, and then let's try to figure out how to, how to move forward. And so I think it's, again, like, this is all part of the process, I guess. That's yeah. sort of, I guess that's deeper. It's like the process of life. <laughs> so
0: yeah. And I think that's probably one of the things I've kind of taken away from this year too is, you know, I tend to kind of mush feelings down. I don't necessarily address things because I'm like, got to keep going, got to do this or that. And, you know, maybe even oh, feeling yeah. like that might be weakness. And so for mm-hmm. this year, I've recognized some of the baggage and things uh, when I've kind of shifted my perspective to looking at all these past experiences as lessons I've realized that there are these things that are still triggering me or that maybe I haven't fully worked through mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. problem is I'm pushing these things down and I'm not properly, you know, working through, grieving through feeling the things. And so this year has yep. been incredibly difficult because I've been like, all right, I'm going to feeling all and everything. You know, this is horrible. And then I just feel through it. And then, <laughs> then you realize once you get to the other side, it's gone. Like you've yeah. gone through it. You've actually processed through it. And it's, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. crazy to me to think how much stuff I've been carrying around all this time because I haven't been addressing it so that's awesome I'm glad that came um yeah Yeah. well so what are some of the strategies and tools tips things like that I know you talked to a lot of attorneys about it too but um for overcoming challenges that you have personally implemented um that you can kind of share with us
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so I mean I you know I mentioned this before which was having that Really supportive network, um, and continuing to maintain a, a network. I, you know, I we, in my line of work, um, we're well. I guess currently we're doing a lot of work around mentorship, and 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 while I think mentorship is is really important, um, I do think that people sometimes focus on this idea of having like this one mentor this like (laughs) mentor who can do everything and that's you know it's never the case right and and your peers can be your mentors too um and so i think if you can kind of have you know a group of people just like you know what you've been talking about with shifter that that's you know that that's those are sort of your your people that you can go to that um you can you know have those those conversations um and they're going to be open to to hearing about it and, you know, giving advice, which is great. Um, you know, I also think, um, you know, other, other tips and tools, you know, I, I mean, I have, I've tried and I do dabble in like mindfulness and, and meditation and, in and all that, um, this summer I did, um, uh, Lori, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on her last name, but um, she taught the happiness course at Yale, which is like uh-huh. the most yeah, it's it, it's like the most popular class of all time, and it was on uh, Coursera, I think, for free, and um, and I mean she was she was fantastic. I mean the interesting thing about all this is that there's real there's data behind it. Um, that, that this stuff actually works. I think the harder thing is making time for it and making it a, a habit, you know, but things like having a daily gratitude practice, um, which I, you know, for years have said like, yeah, what, whatever, right. Like (laughs) what, you know, I mean, there's like, there's real data behind it and how it can actually change the way that you, you know, that you think about things, the way that you, um, you interact with, with other people. Um, and, and it's really simple stuff that you can, that you can do. So I, I just, you know, I, I kind of, I, I would don't say, I wouldn't say that like, I have necessarily like a regular mindfulness or meditation practice. Um, but, uh, but I think, you know, I'm always sort of interested in, in that interested in sort of new ways in which I can, you know, be, be better and be a better listener and be a better mom and a better partner and a better you know, colleague, that sort of thing. So um, I think there's a lot of that, you know, that out there. Um, I like to absorb all of those
0: things too. And, um, you know, for a while it's like, okay, what's everybody else doing? So that's exactly what I'm going to need to do. Cause I didn't know. What <laughs> to do. And so I was like looking for what everybody else mm-hmm. is doing. And, um, you know, a lot of my people like to journal but i'm like i write for a living like i don't want to write and i love to write but i want to write for fun and like i don't want to have to think about things and so um i do pencil sketching and i didn't like i hadn't done it in years i forgot i could even do it and i like picked it back up and so i'm like i know this sounds weird but that's therapeutic for me like because i can just actually i have a problem turning my brain off and so meditation is not my jam because <laughs> you know, I've even guided meditations, I'm still up in my head. Um, but you know, I, and so I thought, well, that that's really different. So I like to point that out when I'm talking to people. It doesn't necessarily have to look like what somebody else right. is doing to be effective, or you know, to be doing it. There's no right way to do it. It's right. just that awareness right. that you're talking about.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's how I feel when I like go down to my my basement gym and I lift weights it's like I'm that's the one time where I'm sort of in my zone and nothing you know I just I sort of I can clear my head it's like the one time I can I can really clear my head and you know so I think yeah all that stuff is really important
0: Awesome. Well, we have three questions that we ask everyone um, at the end. And so I'm going to start with two surprises and then your favorite question. So, <laughs> the first one is what is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Oh. And I almost kind of told us already, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you can tell us um, something else if there's another. Sleep. Yes.
1: Is, is probably, and I think. And and I get this because I used to give presentations with our, um, our staff, uh, clinical psychologist who used to talk about sleep all the time. And, and I I mean, it's so true. If you do not get sleep, (laughs) it changes everything. I mean, it, it changes absolutely everything. And so, you know, for people who say like, oh yeah, I can get by with like four hours of sleep. Um, you're just like, you're, you're you know, you're not going to be as effective. Um, you are, you know, your, your mindset's going to be different. It just has, you know, it has so much of an impact. Um, and it's one thing, I mean, I definitely think about it every night when I say, okay, am I going to like stay up another hour (laughs) or am I going to, am I going to go to sleep? Um, and I know that's a hard one, too, because like if you're like a young parent, <laughs> right, um, that's that's tough. You know, there certainly there are um, external factors that that play into that. Um, but I do think that it's something that, you know, if you can get, you know, a decent amount of sleep, it's going to have a huge impact. So that's, that's the best advice I've gotten. It's
0: <laughs> Definitely undervalued. Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's like a challenge. Like, Ooh, I can sleep and I've got, you know, so many hours. And as long as I don't look at the clock, it's not real time. Like that's what I do. Right. Sometimes. <laughs> but it really is. And you're really losing sleep. So uh, once I yeah. started actually making myself sleep, it did make a huge difference. Like things, I think that goes with what you're saying earlier. Like things can wait. Like you don't yeah. have to do it all at once. Right. Uh, if you don't get it done, you don't get it done. Yeah. Okay. Next is what is the worst piece of advice that you have been given?
1: So uh, instead of like call, you know, calling out one specific piece of, of advice from, from someone, um, I actually think the worst advice that I've gotten is what has actually come straight from my, my own head, um, which is more of sort of the perfectionist mindset. Um, You know, the, you know, I used to do this a lot where I would say, you know, you, you have, it has to be perfect, right? Whatever you are doing, it has to be, you have to, you know, dot all the I's and cross all the T's. And of course, like you learn that as, as a lawyer too, (laughs) that you've got to do it that way. And you can't make mistakes. um, And that mistakes are bad. And, you know, that's, that's something that I would always tell, tell myself. Um, And I think, you know, what I have learned over time is that, almost like I, I, it's okay to like lower your standards. (laughs) Like that, that is, that is completely okay. And I think that I have, um, it's weird to say it, right. Um, I do think I've lowered my standards. (laughs) I've lowered my standards for, for myself. And, um, and I think that has sort of, sort of overall made me a, a happier person and, um, has also given me you know, the ability to, um, to, to engage in things I may not have otherwise engaged in, because I would have thought, oh, I'm going to fail at this, or I'm going to make a mistake, or it's not going to go the way that I want it to go. Um, but that that's okay. Um, so that's, I think that's, that's, I guess that would be the worst piece of advice I would say you can give yourself. I think it's, you know, it, that's, that's a hard thing to get, you know, to get beyond certainly. Um, but I think it also, you know, goes back to like your supportive network, right? You know, people who know you for who you are and you make a mistake and it's okay. Everyone makes mistakes <laughs> and you're probably going to be better off for it. So.
0: That's actually a really great Worst piece of advice. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, I have your favorite question. Um, what
1: is your favorite book? Oh, I have a great one. Um, so this is my favorite book as of, I would say, five, six, seven days ago. And it's sitting right on my desk right here. And I'm gonna show it to you. I'm gonna put it right up into the camera oh, I here. <laughs> this is what I love about mom. And that is from my oldest daughter who is seven and she filled out every single page 50 pages of what she loves about me and that I mean that's got to be my favorite book right (laughs) nothing else can be awesome so it is so sweet
0: (laughs) see look you got you got through your book question yeah (laughs)
1: i was like i saw it on i saw it and i was like oh that's a book (laughs) that counts that technically counts
0: multiple pages in this book well heidi thank you so much for um agreeing to join us um i think a lot of people can relate to your journey and i think they will benefit from the advice that you've given today so thank you so much and uh We're going to have all of your information you've given us, uh, some of your contact information in the show notes. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Shift Her Podcast. We are here to share stories that inspire so that you can create the life you love now. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review, share on social media and tell us why it resonated with you. You can follow us on Facebook at ShiftHer, Instagram at ShiftHer.co, and read more about us at www.ShiftHer.co. While you're there, sign up for our High Vibe monthly newsletter, where we share even more inspiration and stories from our Mastermind program. Links from today's episode are in the show notes.